I didn't need to know. I did not need to know. First inaugural YouTube video. Are you ready? We did attempt this once before and then, when we first started. Yeah. We did we ever upload it to YouTube? No, we were too much of rookies for it to actually go well. And who knows, this might shit the bed too. I don't know. You don't like that saying, shit the bed. You're right. It's it's nasty. What's another saying we could say? <sighs> might flood the dam. I don't know. That's, Is I it like good? that. I, I just, top of my head. Flood the dam. Flood the dam. Damn it. Yeah. So if you couldn't tell people who are listening... We are actually going to, well, we'll see if this works, make a um, YouTube channel of people who want to be creepy and watch us talk about this instead of just listen to us talk about this. So there you go. We're trying. We're trying. So yeah. Welcome back to Didn't I Need to Know. <laughs> I'm Jenna. I'm Danielle. I love true crime. I hate it. And every week I get to tell my sister, Danielle. Stories that she did not need to know. And here we are. And this is it. This is another week. This is another week. It's happening. Um, I do have a fact check. Oh, what did we do? From the last episode, which was... The tube sock guy? The tube sock killer. Um, And remember the town Pull You Up? Yeah, Pull You Up. Well, some very sweet person named Tasha, I believe it is, um, let us know. She said, listening to yesterday's episode about the tube sock killer... Pull you up. I love how you guys said it, but it definitely wasn't right. But a hundred gold stars for trying. It's and she did a P dash U all up. So P U all up. P U all up. Let me see that. But she said you said P P U all up. 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 What did we say? Pull you up? Pull you up. Pee you all up. That sounds terrible. Pee you all up. Pee you all up. Is it P or puh? She would have wrote P-A for puh. Puh you. This is terrible. YouTube channel watching us (laughs) trying to pronounce this word. But anyway, we said it wrong. She said 100 gold stars. But she said we said Nisqually right. And then she said, you guys are great. So we appreciate you. new friend in Oregon. Oregon? Nope. It was Washington, Washington State. New friend in Washington. Thanks. <laughs> Tasha B. Thank you so much. We love being fact-checked. That's fine. Yeah. We're never we right. Up. We're never going to be right. It's just not going to ever well, happen. Well, not never. It's going to be rare. Listen. It's going to be rare. Um, anyway, so that's With pronunciations that. rare. Oh, my God. So, yeah, there's a lot of names I'm going to say wrong. Today? This, yeah, this is a story originating from the... Yeah, fix my hair. Fix... Uh, fixing. Originating from the Netherlands, so... Oh, no. Yeah. Why'd you do that for this know. episode? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, before we get into it, do you have anything new and fun? I'm finally not coughing up a lung. Oh, you're right. You Because so- you finally got an antibiotic, huh? Yeah. Thanks for spreading your germs around town before. I wasn't. You sound remarkable. I do sound better, right? Way better than that. two days ago. <laughs> Rasp oh, yeah, in my tr- voice. That's attractive. Mm-hmm. It was. It was real good. So you, you had need? that for like a month. Right before New Year's. What's that? What's that from that movie? Sword throw, throw for a, a month, month and a half. half. Step brothers. Step brothers. So good. So good. 
So good. Do you have anything? Um, well, I have something because it's related to the story. Mm. Um, I just finished reading The Nightingale. Oh, right. By, oh, poop. Kristen Hanna. Kristen Hanna. Um, you gave me that monster. I did. I'm scared. It's 500 page, beautiful, monstrous masterpiece. Um, creative Little Pill on Instagram. Go check her out. And I both were reading it. She's a way better reader than me. And she finished decades She's so before fast. me. She's fast and then on to the, to the other one. Anyway, it is about, like, it takes place in the in France in World War II when um, the Nazis invaded Paris. And it kind of focuses on badass women who, which I didn't know, and I feel terrible that I didn't know this, that there was, like, secret, like, sex of, like, women who were helping with the rebellion against the Nazis in Europe. Like, Who's having sex? Oh, no, like sex, like groups. Sections. Or groups. S-E-C-T. You said sex. Secret sex. sex. Secret, okay. <laughs> you said secret sex. There's secret sex. Secret groups, secret clubs, secret okay. organizations. Okay. That makes more sense. Um, who are helping the Nazi, no, not helping the Nazi, helping- The rebellion. The rebellion against the Nazis. Okay. Um, and so the book, The Nightingale, amazing. I don't think I've cried that hard at a book in a very, very long time. Probably since- A Fault in Our Stars. <gasps> yes, you know me. I can't. I still am traumatized at how much I cried at that book. Yeah. Terrible. That's the last time I can remember crying that hard at a book. I cry um, at books, but not as hard as that. No, it was terrible. Um but yeah, so good. Worth reading. Anyway, then I happened to stumble across this story on Instagram, and I was like, oh, it's perfect, because I just finished reading this book. Oh, okay. And here we go. But this is, instead of France, the Netherlands. And but World War II. Nazi stuff, yes. Damn Nazis. Damn Nazis. All right. Are Let's you, go. You're ready. Yeah. You buckled. Whoop. Hello. Buckle. You buckled? Whoop. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is the story, and she's a heroine. So don't mm. think that she's evil or dead or anything she's like that. She's not dead. Well, I mean, well, she's dead now. She's but. dead now. Um, but her name is Freddie Nanda Decker Overstegen. I like her name, Freddie. That's cute. I know. Cute. Isn't that cute? I.E. It's adorable, right? Uh-huh. So she was born September 6, 1925. Whoa. 25, my lucky number. Um, she was part of the Dutch resistance during the occupation of the Netherlands in World War II in the village of, and she was born, I'm sorry, she was born in the village of Skoten, Netherlands. I'm going to go with that pronunciation. Do it. Sounds go strong. Good. Be confident. She has an older sister named Truis. Two U's. Truis? That sounds good. Manger. Yeah, probably, yeah, definitely pronounce the second U. Truis. Truis. Truis Manger Overstegen. She and her family lived, get this, on a barge. On a barge? On a barge. You never run on a barge. <laughs> my friends. Of course it is. <laughs> um, she lived on a barge with her family before the war had started in there's the Netherlands. There's houses on barges? Apparently there's a house on a barge. Okay. They were not. Dangerous. They were not of wealth. They were a poor family. So. Sounds like someone's going to drown. I mean, that was not reported, but you never know. Okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So the Overstegen family hid people from Lithuania um, in the hole of their ship. Wow. 
They hid Jewish people. That's really nice. Very, very brave. Yeah. Very brave. Because if you're caught doing that. Especially because that's like a port probably and people could easily just say, all right, as soon as they get off a boat, let me check this place. Right. That's not like they're a tucked away cottage or something like that. Mm. So after her parents divorced, which, whoa, 1930s, 1930s divorce. Wow. So after her parents divorced, Freddie was raised by her mother. She was moved from the barge to a small apartment. Um, Her mother was also kind of a badass. We'll later find out. But uh, her mom did remarry and gave birth to her half-brother. But unfortunately, they lived in poverty. They did not live a a wealthy lifestyle. Um, Mm, Dusty. Dusty Dinkleman. Okay. So in interviews... Freddie recalled that their mother encouraged them to make dolls for children suffering in the Spanish Civil War. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of the early 1930s, she encouraged them to volunteer with the International Red Aid. So I get me, and that's like Red Cross, maybe? Yeah. I feel like I've heard that before. Um, But it was a kind of communist red. Oh, I I wrote it down in the next thing. It was a communist red. You're good at notes. My own notes. Fooled me up. Um, it was a kind of communist Red Cross uh, for political prisoners. Oh, so her mom was a communist, but she was, had, you know, she was kind of like a big political figure in their town. Oh, so it made them a little controversial. So although they lived in poverty, um, they made mattresses out of stuffed straw. Um, even though they were they didn't have a lot of money, they still harbored refugees from Germany and Amsterdam, including a Jewish couple, a mother and son who lived in their attic. That's so like so brave because if they're caught, they're dead. That's yeah. it. It's like Anne Frank. Yeah. Um, go back to the mattress with straw. That's fucking so, uncomfortable. And I just want to say I'm very happy I don't live in that time period. So because we live in kind of like an old colonial town-ish, there's like in one of like the old market days that happen here. They you show can, you what it's like. Yeah. Like you can go into one of the old houses and they have like a straw mattress and it's literally like this big on the floor. Yeah. I think when we- And I sat on the, I was like, this is horrible. When we did the reenactment at Washington- crossing i think they have like all that stuff in the park Mm. and like in the little houses and i remember touching it or in the old barracks in trenton they have all that stuff there too they used to fit in this tiny little room like 12 soldiers with like four beds that sounds terrible what are you just like cuddled up well it's probably freezing yeah oh boy oh boy okay anyway makeshift mattresses um, da, 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 in their attic. Okay. So after German forces invaded the Netherlands in May, 1940, the couples were moved to another location. Uh, Jewish community leaders were really nervous about, um, political raids because Freddie's mom was a communist. So because of the family's well-known political, uh, leanings, uh, Freddie's, you know, they kind of like, were kind of like, well, really want to, you know, be involved in this. Thank you. But you know, people don't like you so much to begin with and okay. that kind of thing. Um, Freddie recalls quote, we never heard from them again. It still moves me dreadfully whenever I talk about it. I guess she was like sad that they couldn't, they probably didn't make it. Aww. Yeah. 
but who knows, right? Um, so Freddie and her sister began their resistance careers by distributing pamphlets, which is so funny because that's how it started in the book, The Nightingale. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was kind of like anti-war propaganda, anti-German propaganda. They would secretly put in mailboxes, but they had to do it like in the middle of the night, black cloak, yeah. because if you're caught, there's curfews. And if the Nazi soldiers find you, that dead. Dead or at least in jail, mm. in jailing or, or concentration camps. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So pamphlets such as um, the Netherlands has to be free um, and hanging anti-Nazi posters. Some that said for every Dutch man working in Germany, a German man will go to the front. Oh. So their efforts apparently attracted the attention of Franz van der Weel, a commander of the underground Harlem with two A's, Council of Resistance. That's like a common thing with these vowels, double vowels. Yeah, isn't it interesting though that like now there's a Harlem, New York, so it's like Yeah. But, but there was probably a Harlem already at this point. Oh yeah, Harlem Renaissance. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So the underground Harlem Council of Resistance, who invited them to join his team with um and their mother was like, Good, go. This is wonderful. Oh, help, yeah? help, help, help. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Which is kind of like really cool of the mom, right? Yeah. That's shocking. So um Truist, the older sister, recalls, only later did he tell us that we'd actually have to do um, sabotaging of bridges and rail lines, like blowing things up. Oh, like it's not just passing out know. papers okay. anymore. It's, they it's, it's you're, 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 you're in the, in the woods secretly blowing, getting, getting bombs and stuff like that. Possibly getting injured. Getting injured, getting blown up yourself, being shot by Killing patrolling people. Yeah. So, um, we told him, yeah, we'd like to do that. No worries. Um, I can learn to shoot oh, and, oh, and okay. no worries. They're um, jumping in it. Mm-hmm. And they responded with like, oh yeah, it's never something we've never done before. So let's try it. And I mean, trying to be like, they're, they're wanted to be tough. They wanted to help. And Cause that's their dad. No, no just, stepdad. No. Who, who are they with? No. Who'd you say? Oh my God. <laughs> um, when they were passing out things, I want a, a, a part of someone, a part of the Harlem council of resistance named Franz van der oh, Just some guy. Yeah, it was like, cool, thanks for helping. No oh, one will okay. suspect women are doing this. Right, 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 right. Um, and, you know, they wanted to not be home all the time, not helping their, their country. Okay. So they were like, great, let's do this. So um, by Truist's account, it was Freddie who became the first to shoot and kill someone. Quote, it was tragic and very difficult, and we cried about it afterwards. Aww. We did not feel it suited us, but it never suits anybody unless they are real criminals. One loses everything. It poisons the beautiful things in life. Oh, that's so sad. So the Overstegen sisters were officially part of the seven-person resistance cell, which grew to include an eighth member. Uh, her name um, is last name is Shaft right now, but we'll get. I'm going to have a little blip about her story at the end too. After she joined in 1943, it was the three of them primarily. So Freddie, Truist, and, oh, shoot. Hold on. I want to make sure I have her name spelling. They called her Hanny. Her name was Joanna, but they nicknamed her Hanny Shaft. So it was those three mainly who worked together in like a little group. Okay. So... Um, do, 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 do. they worked as a standalone unit and went on instructions from the council of resistance. So when the three of them, 
they they killed German sh- soldiers. Freddie, like I said, was the first one one to kill by shooting him while riding her bicycle. So when she first joined, she was fourteen, but she looked younger, like a twelve year old. So she was People like, "This is per- yeah." So she would have a basket and like have the gun underneath a blanket Ooh. in her basket and just like popped it out and taking people down. Oh boy. Um, they would also lure soldiers to the woods under the pretense of like sex. Yeah. See, I said sex Mm -hmm. earlier (laughs) on the pretense of romance. I was going to say, they would be like, would you like to go for a stroll in the forest after like meeting them in taverns and and bars (laughs) and then goodbye. Um, so the Dutch resistance, uh, was widely believed to be, the men doing this. They couldn't fathom that women were doing this, blowing people up and killing people and all that. the 40s, even if it is in Amsterdam, and they were more progressive than us. Yeah. So um, Freddie and her sister Truis, who, again, is two years older than her, were obviously the exceptions. Um, They took up arms uh, against Nazi occupiers and Dutch traitors, so people who are like... Pol- Dutch police or Dutch soldiers who turned and okay. helped them and, you know, helped the Nazis out. So, like I said, their friend Hani Shaft was once a law student. Sorry. Um, she had fiery red hair. Oh. And um, she was ended up being known for that. Um, they shot Nazis while riding their bikes, made disguises to smuggle Jewish children across the country lines, and sometimes got them out of concentration camps. Whoa. Could you imagine? I don't know how they even did that. Whoa. I know. So these are some badass women. Whoa. So when asked about killing Nazis, um, Freddie said, we had to do it. It was a necessary evil, killing those who betrayed the good people. When asked how many people she had killed or helped kill she said quote one should not ask a soldier any of that so it's kind of cool that she i mean true because it's not like the soldier like she said before she doesn't want to think about it it's just a yeah. necessary thing she a necessary evil she's a she looks at herself as a soldier Aww, i know i love her i know she's great so um for her part uh you know when the war ended um people interviewed her later on. They're like, you know, how, Freddie, like, how did you get on with your life after all this death and destruction and, and everything you had done? And then your country's free again. Like, how did you move on? And she said, I coped with the traumas by getting married and having babies. So she married. Wow, she's badass. Right? She's like, I just picked up myself up and moved on. So she married Jan Decker, taking the name Freddie Decker over, um, hyphen it, over Stegen. She raised three children. Um, they survive her to this day, as does her half-brother and four grandchildren. Wow. I know. Um, her husband uh, worked in a steel company. Oh, cool. So, Freddie Overstegen, she was the last remaining member of the Netherlands' most famous female resistance. She died on September 5th, 2018. Whoa, one, really? One day before her 93rd birthday. Aww. I know. She was living in a nursing home um, five miles away from Harlem, where all this went down. So, she's still in the same area. Crazy. Um, I wonder if the- I wouldn't want to be there. After all that. Or would you be like, this is what I fought for. This is my town. I'm staying here. Okay. okay. You know? Some, I feel or like, like you when could it's go over, either way. Or like you want to start fresh and like have your kids somewhere else. But 
Yeah, I feel like you could go either way. Yeah, okay. Um, so even though um, she had several heart attacks leading up to in the most recent years, she still was a chairman of the National Hanny Schaff Foundation. So that oh, was one like of the three, yeah. three people. So we'll learn a, a, a little bit by why that became a foundation and why Hanny Schaff is so... Hanny was murdered. So, yeah. So... <laughs> At least, it, I mean, not at least. Freddie wasn't murdered, but Hanny's murdered. Okay. No. So here's um, Freddie. Maggie, look at what a badass she is. I like her scarf. Right? And then that was her. Like, look how sweet. That was her Aww. when she was 14. Amazing. Could you she imagine that girl? killing soldiers. Imagine that girl killing just riding Germans. a bike and whipping out a pistol. Right? It's nuts. Crazy. Man. Okay. So Joanna Joe Shaft, or... Her other nickname, Hani, was born September 16th, 1920, and she also was a part of the Dutch resistance fighter in World War II, and she became known as the girl with the red hair, which is really cool. Um, she was also born in Harlem, the capital of the Provence in North Holland, Netherlands. Um, her mom's name is too hard to say. <laughs> her dad was Pieter Shaft. He was a teacher oh. and was attached to the Social Democratic Workers Party. So different than her friend who was part of the, the Communist Party. Mom's part of the Communist Party. Um, the two parents were very protective of Hani because of the death of her older sister, Anna, due to diphtheria. I forget, what, I forget what diphtheria is. I should have looked that up. Fact check that. Her, so her sister died in 27, 1927. So at that time, Hani was seven years old. So from a young age, Hani discussed politics and social justice for her family, which encouraged her to pursue law and become a human rights lawyer. Can we just say that her becoming a human rights lawyer in the 40s is amazing? I don't know how that happened back then. How I didn't did they, think that... Was Europe cooler than America and they oh, just let women Amsterdam do this? Amsterdam is cooler than America now and yeah. always. Now and That's always. That's what I'm saying. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't know the Communist Party was there in Amsterdam. I don't know a lot of things. Was she a communist forever, like, till her death day, Freddie? Uh, Freddie? I don't know. They did not say that. I'll fact check that. Diphtheria, guys, if you didn't know, it's a bacterial infection, um, easily curable by vaccine. Oh, but it's shoot. a sheet of thick gray matter that covers your throat, making it hard to breathe. That sounds like a very painful, uncomfortable death. It's yucky. For a child. Oh, my Lord, my Lord. Moving on. Yep. So, Hani became a law student at the University of Amsterdam in 1938. She became friends with Jewish students Sonia Frank and Feline Polak. This fate made her feel very strongly about actions against Jews, especially with the German occupation of the Netherlands in 1943. University students were required to sign a declaration of allegiance to the occupation authorities. Wow. Isn't that nuts? Because I guess they looked at them like, oh, these are intelligent people. Let's get them on our side kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Hani refused to sign the petition in support of the, you know occupation forces, like 80% of the other students go Amsterdam, um, she they said, well, then you can't continue doing your studies here. And in the summer of 1943, she had to move back in with her parents again. And she took her two Jewish friends, Feline and Sonia, 
with her and took them into hiding. Oh, so good. also a super badass. Very nice. And so is her family. So Hani's resistance work started with small acts. First, she would steal ID cards for Jewish residents. Oh, cool. Because um, I know you weren't allowed like, like walk around unless you had your identification on you at all times. Like saying you're not Jewish. And then it moved into now you have to wear this that stupid st- star. And then if you were on the list, then they started taking you out into the... Um, Concentration camps. Yeah. Um, so a different fake ID would be useful. So um, upon leaving the university, she joined the, I'm going to butcher this, but it's the Council of Resistance. I'm not going to say it in Dutch. No, let me say. Rod von Vervet. Verzet. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, you know, it did have, apparently this resistance did have strong ties to the Communist Party. But rather than act as a courier, you know, delivering pamphlets, Hani wanted to work with weapons. Oh, shit. She's like, fuck She's paper. so cool. Fuck mailing. Right? She was responsible for sabotaging and assassinating various targets. She carried out attacks on German, Dutch Nazis, collaborators, and traitors. Whoa. She learned to speak German flu- fluently and became involved with German soldiers. So she was like faking being... Wow, I love her. Right? Um, She did not, however, accept every assignment. When asked to kidnap children of Nazi officials, she refused. Yeah, well, I mean, they're innocent. Exactly. She said if the plan had failed, uh, the children would have been killed. And Hani felt that that was too similar to the Nazis' acts of terrorism in her own country. Good for her. Right? She has limits. She has limits. She has her her own moral compass. She's knowledgeable. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, when seen at the location of a particular assassination, Hani was then identified as the girl with the red hair. So now they're on, they like, been like looking out for her. Now they're like, oh, it's not men. Look, it's this woman Mm -hmm. and she has red hair. It's kind of hard to find. noticeable. Yeah. So her involvement led, um, led her to be on the Nazis most wanted list, which sucks. Um, on, I didn't know they had a most wanted list. <laughs> so on June 21st, 1944, Hani and John Bonacamp, a friend in the resistance carried out an assassination in Zandam on Dutch police officer and collaborator, collaborator, Willem Rogat. Hani fired first and hit Rogat in the back. Bonacamp shot, was shot in the stomach by Rogat before killing him. So... Her friend's shot in the stomach. She shot him in the back. So she's mortally wounded, her friend Bonacamp. They flee the scene, but they're arrested shortly afterwards, and her friend's taken to the hospital. Oh, well, at least they took her to the hospital. I'm sorry. It's a he. I was confused by the name. At least they took the friend to the hospital. Jan is apparently a male name. Jan. so sorry. Yeah. Um, There he inadvertently gave Hani's name and address to the Dutch Nazi nurses. Uh Uh-oh. Who were pretending to be resistance workers. Oh, not nice. Not nice. So they, f- to force Hani to confess, German soldiers arrested her parents and sent them to a concentration camp. Fuck. I know. So this is how non Jewish people ended up in concentration camps. Oh, yeah. For helping Jewish people. For helping yeah. Jewish people. So because she's so upset about the situation, and then her friend John Jan Bonacamp dies. Um, she's like she doesn't know what to do so her parents she gives herself up and her parents were released two months later 
two months after. Isn't that I weird? Know, but still, the fact that they actually did release them is interesting. Um, yeah, but why two months? Yeah, I don't know. Let me just work them a little bit more. I don't know. Um, oh, no. She didn't give herself up. I'm sorry. She stopped working with the resistance temporarily. My bad. My okay. bad. <laughs> and then what happened? Um, she went into hiding, and they were just like, well, she's not coming forward. And then they let her parents go after two months. It's still nice of them to let her parents go. I'm shocked. I guess they're like, they're not Jewish people, so... I don't know. I don't know. So, um, Shaft, Hani Shaft, sorry, dyes her hair black because now she's known as like the woman in red with the red hair, the girl with the red hair. And she wears glasses to try to hide her identity. And after her parents are released, she goes back into resistance work, which Good. is, shoof. So, how do you even find that out that they're released? I guess you're hearing through the grapevine. Yeah, yeah. It's small, not like small town looks out for each other. Okay. The resistance has like eyes and spies everywhere. Okay. She's going um, to check on her parents' house, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sure she has to be in hiding if like they arrested her parents. So true. she's probably not seeing her parents anymore true. now. True, true. So she goes immediately back to assassinating and sabotage, courier work, transportation of illegal weapons. Doing it all. Handing out newspapers and everything. Okay. So Hani and Truist over Stegan are now planning to, they call it liquidating when they're killing somebody. Oh, that's an interesting term. Yeah. Liquidate NSB member and Harlem policeman, uh, Fock Christ? Fock? F-A-K-E? Fake? It can't be fake. It's got to be, it's got to be Fock. I don't know. (laughs) That's funny. Okay. Going back into it. March 1st, 1945, uh, NSB police officer Willem Zerkzy was executed or liquidated by Hani and Truis um, in Harlem. And then on March 15th, they wounded a hairdresser. Why? Uh, Like a a Nazi hairdresser? um, He worked for the Nazi intelligence agency, um, but he ended up surviving that attack. Mm. Um, So Hani was eventually arrested, sadly, at a military checkpoint in Harlem on March 21st, 1945, while distributing illegal communist newspapers. So they found her. Um, And it said on the newspaper, The Truth, which was like the cover story of this. So there was no really hiding that one. Um, She was transporting secret documentation for the resistance. Um, She was brought to prison in Amsterdam. And after a lot of interrogation, torture, and solitary confinement, she was identified by like her hair roots. Well, she's dead. Okay. No, no, no. She was identified by her hair roots as the the girl with the red hair. Oh, oh, okay. So they're like, you dyed your hair. Obviously, you're the girl that we've been looking for, the girl with the red hair. Um. So Hani was executed by Dutch Nazi officials on April 17th, 1945. This is the year the war ends too. I was just about to say that. It was awful. It was three weeks before the end of the war. Oh my God. I just got chills. Oh, that's so sad. I know. I got chills too. I know. It's terrible, right? Oh. Um, so yeah, they, I don't know if you want me to get into how they shot her and everything. Okay. So how'd they torture her? I, I'm not going to get into that, but I didn't read that either. They went to go shoot her and they missed. And apparently, cause she's such a badass, she goes before they shot her again, she goes, I shoot better than you. 
Isn't she such a badass? That's great. And then after she said that, they shot her in the head. But still, she went out guns a-blazing, and I really appreciate they that. They missed what dumbasses. <laughs> I know. Um, her last words became famous amongst the Dutch world, World War II uh, historians. Um, and you'll see, like, apparently you'll see archives that say, I shoot better, you know? <laughs> I wonder if you go... To the Netherlands, you'll see like a bunch of stuff, monuments or whatever about her. I don't know. Well, they do have that foundation. You said Freddie made that foundation, right? Yes. So, okay. okay. So apparently they, you know, they don't care where they bury people when they're executed like that. So on, after the war was over and people were identified better, um, November 27th, 1945, she was reburied in a state funeral at the Dutch Honorary cemetery in Blumenmendal. I don't know. Members of the Dutch government and royal family intended included Queen Wilhelmina, who called Hanischef the symbol of the resistance. I know. Ugh. Chills. Chills, chills, chills. I love that she's a badass woman. I know. Okay. Um, so after the war, the remains of 422 members of the resistance were found in the Blumenmendal dunes, 421 men and one woman, Hani Shaft. Shut the fuck up. She was the only woman. And then I know I still have chills. Um, so like I said, she was reburied then. Um, because the Dutch communist party celebrated her as an icon, her popularity over the years kind of decreased because communists, not so great. Right. Um, so uh, that's why her friends, um, Freddie and Truis Overstegen, uh, created this foundation for her in her name. So it was started in the early 1990s, and it is the Hani Schaff Memorial Foundation, and commemorations were um, like, were permitted again. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like no, she was part of the Nazi community. They were it was allowed. She wasn't banned anymore. So, <laughs> okay. the, so the last they're Sunday, still sore about this. Apparently, okay. apparently. Um, so the last Sunday of each November in the Netherlands is a day of remembrance for Shaft and her life work. Oh, that's great! She's I got know. Like a holiday, national holiday. The last Sunday of each November. I like it. I know. She put it on my calendar. I know. So there's the story of Freddie Overstegen, Truis Overstegen, okay. and Hani Shaft. So I know. Aww. That was a different story. I liked it. I know. It was still like murder and true right. crime, but it had like a lot of badass women, which I like. Mm-hmm. So thoughts? Thoughts? I'm just happy that we have some nice women heroes in the world. I know. And it's sad that like I had to be like 40 years old until... I know I've that we knew found about that out. women, like a large organization, not sect, of women resistors, right? Yeah. Part yeah, of the right. resistance. Because, and especially like being American, we hear more about American people. Like, I feel like the mm-hmm. women books I have for my kids are a lot of like American inventions, women yeah. athletes in America. We don't have a lot of We didn't really, people. yeah, we didn't really learn about a lot of European history. I feel like that was uh, an elective to take. It was an elective. <laughs> it's not required. No, the requirements are where I teach in Jersey. US one, US two, and world history is a little <laughs> blip. Yeah, no, world history is not even. It's just not like so much some genocides, and that's it. Oh God. Yeah. Um, any wickety wind downs? 
You go. Okay. Um, a couple. I just got a tattoo. Oh, right. A new tattoo. That's a good wicked. Um, I'm so excited about it. Me and my husband in early, early fall, early fall. End of October. End of October. We hiked Mount Rainier in Washington State. Um, we were just talking about Washington in our last episode. Yeah, Tube Sock Killer did not run into the Tube Sock Killer who, in case you didn't watch that or listen to that episode, um, we don't know who he is. He could be dead, but we don't know who he is. I hope he's dead. Yeah, I would really like that, especially since I really enjoyed Or, or like you said, your realization about murderers, that should be our wicked wide note, about why murderers stop murdering. Remember you said- What you did, did I say? That <laughs> they're old and not attractive anymore. Oh, 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 yeah. Where did I hear that from? Karen. Was it my husband? Damn, I hate when he's right about things. So um, we were talking about like how do you these serial killers all of a sudden they're like they stop and then they're not caught. Yeah, they're just stopped. They're just stopped, and it could be that like they were you know when they were younger they could trick men or women into kind of sexy time, sexy time or whatever. But like when you're old and you're have a fake life of being married with kids and like, you can't yeah. do that anymore Mm-mm. and you're old and no one wants to have yeah. rendezvous that with old you. Old balls. Old balls. Is that, wait, don't tell me. Big daddy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your old balls. Oh, is that the guy with the old balls? <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. Oh, I'm also listening to, and creative little pill. We just keep giving each other book and podcast recommendations. She's listening to it as well. It is called The Man with a Thousand Faces and it is so fucking terrifying. Really? It's about the true story of Jamie Osuna. Um Why is that his face? Because he wants to be a monster. So he every time he went to prison, which was all the time, he tattooed more face more tattoos on his face until it's entirely covered. Um, he's terrifying and they go into a lot of like the psychology of like nature versus nurture causing all this. And like, he was like, and I'm not defending him at all, but he was very brutally abused, abused by his stepfather. Um, like tear, like thrown out of a car in a car seat (gasps) in the road. Um, like they, they did an MRI on his brain in jail and like he has brain damage, but he's, the problem is, is he seems very normal in the fact that he's articulate. He's like almost like a Ted Bundy ish. He, he seems like relatively intelligent and he says, Oh no. Like when I was, um, in my early twenties, like I would read nonstop about like psychology and Cause I knew there was something wrong with me and I went on medicine because I didn't, I wanted to, I would kill animals and I wanted to, and I was like, you know, this isn't right. I shouldn't do this. And he's like, at some point I was just like, you know, whatever, I'd rather give into it. So he made a conscious choice to say, these are my my impulses. impulses. This is what I've, what makes me feel alive. Wow. Yeah. And then a psychologist just jumped in into a different part of the episode and was like, he was me because he was so abused all of his life. He kind of like shut down and internalized everything. So he never really, he even said it at a point, like, he's like, you know, 
I hear people tell jokes and I know it's supposed to be funny, but I don't feel it. So you're like, whoa, it's just like baffling. So So the only way he could feel something is by killing people. And but even it's if a it's a good not feeling a, for him. Oh, 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 okay. So it's not a good, a, fe- it's a good feeling, but it's so extreme. Probably because he's so fucked from the abuse of his stepdad yeah. that he wants to hurt him, but he can't. So he hurts other people. Exactly. And, Ugh. and he wants to go to, um, death row, like really, really bad in San Quentin. Um, he wants his life over. No, he likes the solitary confinement. He likes being amongst other monsters. Um, he says, I love, I don't want anybody around me. I want to go to my cell and be by myself. I'm very fine with just myself. So I feel like he probably doesn't even realize this. This is my, my prediction is that like, he's been so abused by people that he feels safest by himself. And so that's how he's protecting himself. Maybe. I don't know. That's just a theory. Again, not saying that I feel bad for him at all. The murders that he committed are disgusting. His murders are disgusting. Don't tell me. I won't tell you, but you look it up. It's people out there. It's horrifying. Just from his face, I'm scared. He's, I know. And you know, when you listen in your car and like on your car play or whatever, the picture comes up, I have to like swipe to a different screen because it's so distracting and disturbing looking at his giant tattooed face. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's only five, six and 120 pounds. And he's, he's a tiny little man. He's like a Tasmanian devil of murder or something. He's like tiny and awful and like over tap taking so people or women, both he doesn't care. Oh, okay. He's kind of like Richard Mirez frightening. Oh, like God. there's something like, like you're the devil you're and you're just like, yeah. Meh, meh. Great. That wasn't a wicked wind down because that wasn't happy, happy or funny or anything. So what do you got, Danielle? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Oh, that's, I'm saving you for. Give one. I know we're going to do idle time. I don't think I've told you I'm watching Abbott uh, Elementary. Um, Oh, it's actually really funny. It's it's like the office, but teachers and yeah. Philadelphia teachers. So they talked about the Philadelphia flower show. Oh, so you're stoked about that. Yeah. Danielle Um, loves the Philadelphia Flower Show. Whatever. Anyway. Um, No, it's good because it's like so my school. It's like so many things because, you know, like inner city schools and stuff. Danielle's a school teacher for inner city kids. And it was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's how that goes. Really? It's just really funny. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's good. All right. What's that on? Where can you watch that? Hulu. Everything. Oh, Hulu, I, we'll probably talk about this on Idle Time, um, but I'm on the second episode of Reservation oh, Dogs. Oh, on episode on, four. <gasps> you're past me. Is it good? Yeah, that's what uh, I was going to say for Idle Time. Okay, we'll talk about that. Uh, tune in to our mini-sode um, called Idle Time, and you get not true crime. You get banter. Ju- banter and recommendations. Yeah. There you go. All right. Save your house. Lock your doors. Safety in numbers. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, help us out and follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Share us with your friends on Instagram at Did Not Need to Know and Facebook and Twitter at DNNTK Podcast. We will be releasing new episodes every Monday. Bye.